Hi, folks. It's laundry day. Uh, not for us. For the neighbors. Yeah, okay, so this happens to me every time I'm trying to record for a voice acting script where I actually cannot have any background noise. I know. And that is the exact time when the neighbors (laughs) above us decide to do laundry four times in a row on the same day. Because I guess they have a lot of fucking laundry that they need to do (laughs) every day in the middle of the afternoon. So if you're wondering what that humming is. It's the neighbors. Yeah, it's not our fault, and we did nothing wrong. Nothing at all. No. Innocent. <laughs> Andrea. <laughs> Lies. But, um, <laughs> so, oh, what's... I wanted to mention um, our short baby sewed. Oh, yeah. We'll do that on Saturday. Yep, the baby sewed for our $5 tier patrons will come out on Saturday. Yeah. Dollar. Dollar. I know. <laughs> I, 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 like, fell asleep for half a second as I was speaking. <laughs> So that's how that happened. But you know what you know what I mean? It's five of them them money things. <laughs> those money units. The yeah, those. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that'll be coming out Saturday. Uh yeah, five dollar tears. You guys sh- should fuck. Should sign up. <laughs> Stop falling asleep. I can't help it. It's time. Am for I boring sleep. you? No. No, I'm just I just want to opt out of life for a bit sometimes. Oh, okay. So, Andrea, <laughs> you you had a fear for this week I that did. you haven't told me yet. Yes, the gym. <laughs> Men at the gym. I hate them. Men at the gym? Yeah, so there's like a row of like eight uh treadmills of the kind that I like, mm-hmm. and everybody else seems to like them too, which is fine. Your favorite treadmill. Everyone's favorite brand Everyone's treadmill. Everyone's favorite brand. And I'll be a, like, like the very end one. Yeah. And so there's no reason for anybody to pop up next to me because there are seven more to my right. Yeah. But that's what they do. Why does – why? I don't know. It's not like they talk to me or anything, so I don't know if it's just to irritate me or what. Or if it's, like, a weird power move. I mean, it's kind of okay. like when you park somewhere. Like, whenever mom goes into a parking lot, it'll be completely deserted. Yeah. And she'll pick a space. And then the <laughs> one giant-ass SUV out of the yeah. entire empty, ginormous parking lot just will just go right, right her. beside her, yeah. leaving, like, maybe half a foot of space between them. And I'm like, I don't why are people it. doing this? It's so annoying. I know. And if you're a girl at the gym, I'm sorry, you do not want a guy hopping up on the treadmill next to you. Unless no. you are actually at the gym for that. Yeah, well, or... Which maybe some s- girls are, but I'm just there to run on the treadmill. Well, like exactly. a good little hamster. Like a good little hamster. <laughs> You just want that wheel and some droplets from your water bottle. That's after. all I want. <laughs> yeah, I just like uh, yeah, especially if there are other free treadmills that aren't right beside you. Like, yeah. I feel like it'd be. I don't want people to really watch me exercise. No, it's not. I do not. The gym is not a sexy place to pick someone up. No, you are all. You're sweaty. It stinks in there, and everybody's sweaty and breathing hard on and, the treadmill. Yeah, it's not sexy. Yeah, it's not. It's not the best look. No. Oh, now they are, and now they gotta fucking drain their laundry. So now this is the rinse cycle. Ah! <laughs> Apartments, I swear. You know what? I did not like hand nail acoustic foam to my entire closet by myself. Just so that just so that someone could do this to me. Should you go up to their area and soundproof their washing machine room? I could. I could just bring some of my glorious acoustic foam, introduce <laughs> them to it. They'll be like, what is this? I'll be like, this is a way for you to stop 
irritating me. And also, <laughs> they always have, like, kids visiting this time of year, I think. I'm positive oh, it's kids no. because they run back and forth for two hours on end Ugh. without stopping. Like, this isn't, like, on and off two hours. These kids are running a fucking marathon, I swear. I don't know what's Children. happening. Like, are they passing a baton? Like, what's going on oh, there? I don't like it. But, yeah, so. Children. Loud neighbors. Is that what you're afraid of? I guess so. I Yeah. <laughs> I'm also, like, we're going to be getting new microphones soon, but I'm also, which is good timing because one of my fears is that this microphone is totally just going to crap out soon. It probably will. It has seen many things. And then suddenly we'll just disappear and people will be like, whatever happened to that weird sibling show? Yeah, where'd that podcast go? (laughs) And we'll be like, I don't know, check Pirate Bay. (laughs) (laughs) Which I guess Pod Bay is pretty much the Pirate Bay of podcasts. Yeah. That was a lot of peace. That was a lot. I'm surprised you didn't fall asleep in the middle of that. I almost did. Um... (laughs) So, okay. today we picked a theme. We did. Yes, and it is uh, scary shit that happened in Egypt. Yes. Yeah, so I did like some ancient Egyptian lore, and Andrea did a more like uh, modern case. I did a murder case. Yes, as she is wont to do. Because I am always doing that. That, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> Andrea, you should start off. I will start so we can end with something. Something less devastatingly relevant? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Here we go. Are, Are you, you ready? ready? Oh, wow. Okay. Hey, <laughs> synergy. Jinx. Okay, so this is the story of Giulio Reggiani. Okay. So, he was born January 1988, and he was an Italian Cambridge University student. Right. Who ended up abducted and tortured in Egypt. Oh, geez. So he was a PhD student at Girton College in Cambridge, researching Egypt's independent trade unions and uh, former employees of international consulting firm Oxford Analytica. So he was kind of a big deal interviewing people uh, or researching people also big deal yeah. status. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, he grew up in Flumicello, which was a commune in the province of Udine. Udine? I don't know. In Udine. northeastern <laughs> Udine. I, I, in northeastern Italy. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, that's cool. He grew up in a commune. That's neat. Yeah. So this is where it gets bad. Oh. So that was very short-lived normal stuff. Oh, geez. Here we go. Uh, his mutilated half-naked body was found in a ditch alongside the Cairo-Alexandria Highway on the outskirts of Cairo on February 3rd, 2016. Oh. His body showed signs of extreme torture. Oh, So no. he had contusions and abrasions all over from being beaten. He had bruising from kicks and punches and assault with a stick. Is what, what they thought. Yikes. Um, over 24 bone fractures, which included seven broken ribs, and all of his toes and fingers <gasps> were broken. Oh. And his legs and arms were all broken. His shoulder blades were broken. And he had stab wounds all over, including the soles of his feet, which were maybe done by an ice pick or an awl sort of thing. What? Um, and Yikes. Cuts all over his body were made from a sharp weapon, which was maybe a razor. And then he also had cigarette burns everywhere and a large burn mark between his shoulder blades from a hard, hot object. And he had uh, brain hemorrhage. Probably from the beating, yeah. Probably from the beating. And lastly, well, not lastly, he had a broken cervical vertebra, which was the cause of his death. I hope that means he didn't feel too much of this. Yeah, hopefully that happened. But Hopefully that happened earlier. Probably not. Yeah. Because it was uh, a torture scenario. Yeah. So, and he had shattered teeth Ugh. and letters carved into his skin. Oh, no. And his mother, it, 
said, this one article said his mother could only identify him by the tip of his nose. What? Like he was unrecognizable. Oh my God. Yeah. So then, of course, Italian and Egyptian officials did autopsies. And on March 1st, they reported that he had probably been interrogated and tortured for up to seven days at intervals of 10 to 14 hours before he was killed. And that's what the um, Italian officials said. The Egyptian findings were not actually made public. Right. And the Egyptian officials initially claimed that he was hit by a car. Then they said that he was a victim of a robbery gone awry. And then they linked him to a lurid homosexual affair that went wrong. Okay. My lurid homosexual affairs don't typically end this way. No. Like. Not always. They don't end well, but they don't end like (laughs) this bad. Um, A 300-page report of an Italian autopsy was handed over in Rome. Mm -hmm. And it denies earlier reports of signs of electric shock to his genitals. Ooh. So that didn't happen. that didn't. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. I'm glad. Yeah, Uh. hopefully. Um, On March 24th, 2016, in a shootout, Egyptian police killed four men who they said had kidnapped Rajani. This was on a Facebook post from the Ministry of Interior official Facebook page. Yeah. It, It was a gang that specialized in kidnapping foreigners and stealing their money, is what they said. Okay, but you can steal someone's money without torturing them for seven days. There must have been something else going on there. Right? Like, yeah. Like, usually you just gang, kill someone, right? Even if it's a gang, I mean... If the goal is to steal unless money... Unless you pissed them off, they aren't going to torture you for seven days. That's a lot of effort, time and effort. theft, yeah. That's... Yeah, just to take your wallet? Yeah, no. When they... Could have just taken anyway. In a raid on the home of one of the gang members, Egyptian police said that they found items belonging um, to him, including the pass, a passport, and a student photo, or well, a couple student photo IDs, I guess. Mm. But witnesses said that the gang members were executed Whoa. and that some actually had alibis. Oh. Yikes. So this was a cover-up, oh, is what no. their theory is. Uh, oh. June 18th, 2016, the Italian news said that. Tutors at Cambridge University declined to collaborate with the inquest into the murder Mm -hmm. um, on advice of university lawyers. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, his research activities and left-wing political leanings. Oh, no. Police suspected were what, you know, may have caused this. Um, But the media and government deny it, saying that secret undercover agents belonging to uh, the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt did it to embarrass the government and destabilize relations between Italy and Egypt. You see, I didn't even know Italy and Egypt had relations because in North America, we don't get taught about anyone except the the United States. States. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> even in Canada. I know the States better than Canada. Me too. <laughs> I have no idea who Canada is friends with. I don't know either, but I do know what's going on down south. Yeah. So April 21st, 2016, it was reported that three Egyptian officials and three police sources independently claimed Rejani was in police custody sometime before his death. He had been picked up by plainclothes officers near a metro station by his apartment, along with another Egyptian man Mm -hmm. the evening of January 25th, and they were both taken in a white minibus with police license plates. Oh, so they're thinking like cops might have done this, eh? Yeah. 
and the like, cops officials. are blaming Muslims. Of yeah. course, of Although course. Some they are. some of the cops came forward, mm-hmm. and some officials came forward. Okay. So they're like, no. <laughs> some of them are like, yeah, bad. I know something. Um, so the Egyptian general prosecutor, Nabil Sadek, confirmed that the Cairo police received a report on Rajani on January 7th and that the Egyptian National Security Agency had been monitoring him. What? What did this, like, why? What did this, this university student uni- do? <laughs> right, I'm just like, this is just a, a university guy. Like, I know, he was like 28 or 26 at the time of his death. Yeah, like, why? 28, yeah. Yeah, like, why would they care what he was up to? He's just interviewing some nerds. Like, yeah. like who cares, right? I know, uh, but apparently he got very political. Well, yeah, but that's his and job. And must have found something. That was also that was his research. <laughs> like he kind of had to. Right? He had to be political. He must have come across something um, yeah. that someone did not want getting out. Yikes! So on August fifteenth, two thousand seventeen, journalist Declan Walsh got a statement from an anonymous Obama administ Obama administrator. This is like a tongue twister. Obama. Declan <laughs> Walsh got a statement of anonymous Obama administration official. Say that five times. Fast. Right? Like it's yeah. all the <laughs> vowels. Okay. Who revealed that in the weeks after his death, the US got explosive proof that Egyptian security officials had abducted, tortured, and killed him, yeah. um, Rajani, and that leadership was fully aware of the circumstances of his death. Yikes. Yeah. Why am I not surprised? Right. It seems like every country has an issue with their um, police force and their political officials being more evil than gangs, yeah. always. So they said that investigators actually hindered the investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, witnesses had been coached. Surveillance footage from a subway station near Regini's apartment was deleted. Oh. Requests for metadata from phone calls were refused was refused on grounds that it would compromise the constitutional rights of Egyptian citizens. What? Yeah. Why? Like going through phone records for That's not how investigations who... are done. <laughs> I know. Like you don't go through everybody's phone right. I don't know. I mean, they're not going to... They're gonna... thinking, they're just justifying it, but they're like, you know, hey, but you might catch something about someone else who has nothing to do with this and that would oh, violate yeah. their privacy. As though anyone in the entire world gives a fuck about personal privacy anymore exactly. on phones. Like yeah. we're all being like well, monitored that, it's for just, ad revenue. That's like, a lame excuse. It's, it's a lame excuse. terrible, but they totally exploited that. Yeah. yeah. A witness came forward in May 2019 saying that they were in a cafe in the African capital city in 2017 where they heard Egyptian officers discussing the case of the Italian guy. They said they exchanged business cards and recognized the officer who said he was personally involved in the kidnapping (gasps) and beating. And it was, in fact, Major Magdi Ibrahim Abdelal Sharif, who is a member of the NSA. Oh, wow. And that they believed Rajani was a British spy. The most Italian British spy you know. Right? I mean, like I mean, it's possible, right? But like, <laughs> and for what purposes? But when? That wasn't even a big part of his life ever having lived in, I in mean, Britain. Okay. I mean, fine. like, that's the it's, thing. It could I know, happen. I, it could, but like, the way you're supposed to deal with spies nowadays is also not to torture them for some days. I mean, right? I know that it still happens, but it's it just seems like, like an it's still razor bad. sort of thing, though, too, where they're like, is he a university student? doing research or is he a british spy who lives in italy yeah like (laughs) it's it could be more likely that 
he just went to Cambridge. Yeah, yeah. and is doing research. Yeah. Um, his family believes that he was killed by Egypt's security services because he was researching labor unions, uh, which opposed President Abdel Fattah al-Sisi as part of his PhD. That would not be shocking. Right? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the fact that this stuff happens, like, all over the world freaks me out. Global capitalism is a curse. It is. Let's, the worst curse. Let's kill it. I just, Working on it. <laughs> now is the time for my mandatory guillotine joke, so here I am saying a guillotine joke. There. You have a mandatory guillotine joke? You know what? It's quick and snappy. Okay. And that's what the left needs, apparently, <laughs> according to other leftists who are smarter than me. Okay. So, yeah. Got it. Yeah, so I have something a lot more, I mean, I'm not sure if you'd call it lighthearted, but, you know, Creepy, not, but not, not horrifying. Yeah, yeah, and, like, real people have not suffered recently in this, um, <laughs> depending on your beliefs. Um, so, <laughs> you're welcome, people. I do try to cheer you all up yes. with uh, horrifying, Thanks, with horrifying ancient Egyptian uh, deities, yes. Well, that's how you... That's how everybody does it. Yeah, no. Uh, most, you know, get well soon greeting cards have, like, a picture of a horrifying ancient Egyptian deity in them to cheer people exactly, up. Exactly, exactly. Uh, that's just Hallmark, what can I say? <laughs> so. Here we go. All right, so here we go. Here's Eerie Egypt. I like it. To cheer you up, um, the goddess Amit, devourer of the dead. Perfect. That's what I like to hear. It's what we all like to hear. So... <laughs> Amit was a goddess and demoness recorded in ancient Egyptian religion. Her body was part lion, part hippopotamus, and part crocodile, which, you know, essentially the three largest man-eating animals known to ancient Egyptians. Pretty sexy, too. Um, I'm sure she was, she had her good angles and bad angles. <laughs> Just um, like all of us. Yeah, like, um, sometimes I look part crocodile depending on how bad the lighting is i know yeah right now we've all been through that um it don't don't even worry about girl <laughs> um so she was a funerary deity right and along with her title of devourer of the dead she also held the title eater of hearts huh. among others that were also scary she eats weird stuff i don't know someone has to eat the dead i guess otherwise they just hang around or I mean, I mean, burying isn't good enough. Devourer of the rich <laughs> is how I'm feeling after your story, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, apparently not. Eh? So Amit lived near the scales of justice in Duat, the ancient Egyptian underworld, right? And in the Hall of Two Truths, Anubis weighed the heart of a deceased person against the feather of Ma'at, the goddess of truth, which was depicted often as, like, an ostrich feather, and the feather was often pictured in Ma'at's headdress, right? Like, in, oh, okay. you know, uh, pottery, tablets, etc. And if their heart, of, if the heart of the dead person was heavier than the feather, it was judged to be impure, and Amit would devour it. That seems like a losing game in every which way. Yeah, hearts <laughs> generally weigh more than a feather, even right. just biologically. Um, yeah. So, with their heart devoured, the person undergoing judgment was not allowed to continue their voyage toward Osiris and immortality in the afterlife, right? Once Amit swallowed the heart, the soul was believed to become restless forever, and this was deemed to die a second time. Because it sucks so much? I mean, I guess because instead of getting to move on to the afterlife, you're just killed Again, double dead. Oh, okay. And now you're a restless <laughs> ghost, which sucks. 
<laughs> Amit was also sometimes said to stand by a lake of fire, and in some traditions, the uh, unworthy hearts were cast into the fiery lake to be destroyed. So she either ate it or threw it in a fire lake. Okay. Which, you know. Depends on if she's hungry. I guess she's like, I just don't feel like hearts today, okay? I want to switch ate it up. So many today already. There's been a lot of hearts, and I just feel like I want to go vegan. And I'm really looking more hippopotamus than crocodile right now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Poor Amit. <laughs> so. Some scholars believe Amit and the lake uh, represent the same concept of, like, destruction, right? So Amit was not worshipped precisely. Instead, she embodied all that the ancient Egyptians feared, threatening to bind them to eternal restlessness if they did not follow the principle of Ma'at, right? Okay. The truth, yeah. right? Next. So that's Amit. <laughs> Amit. Yeah. Amit. You weirdo. Amit. Yeah, I'm not... Mm. There's a lot of different um, spellings and pronunciations of the gods' names. Yeah, but I noticed that. Yeah, um. there's no avoiding that, right? Because scholars have to translate some of it, and then, like, people in Egypt will know better, and then, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We did the um, that display in Victoria. Yeah, we actually went awesome. to... Which was awesome. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, we went to an ancient Egyptian um, traveling display in a museum, right? It's one that, like, you know, Egypt allows other um, museums to rent out yeah yeah so there was a tiny hole in it and we saw a mummified crocodile secret yes remember that that was weird because it was like yeah, that was a weird. hole you could crawl through through a fake yeah. like um and pyramid peer through a hole and there it was yeah and it was like like just only there. for kids because it was like a kid like it looked like a, a, child a place tunnel. that a child would run into so and it was and it was like secret and hidden and at the end of the little child tunnel which andrea and i were small enough to fit into was <laughs> this mummified crocodile like surprise kids yeah this was for you people are just like why is my kid why do our kids all keep coming out of there crying <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what i was thinking right and there's like a mummified cat which made me cry but yeah that's sad i'm sad Maybe for the crocodiles too but cats are personal i know so Next one is a little bit of a deviation from that. Um, El Naraha, the Siren of the Nile. Ooh. Mm-hmm. The origin and place of this legend is, like, somewhat mysterious. Uh, the story became popular actually around the 1950s in Egypt, where it was, at the time, uh, less urban and around where people would spend more of their time close to the Nile. Right? I guess it was popular in the, in the 50s. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, okay. It probably I mean... still is. I don't know. <laughs> so children would play by its shores after school, and young men would often chat there at night. And it has become less popular these days, though it's still familiar to younger people. I would totally go hang out over there. Yeah, it's the Nile. Right? I'm sure it's quite pretty. Yeah. I mean, until a siren tries to siren you. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so the legend is roughly told like this. El Nadaha is a being who takes the form of a stunningly beautiful woman, appearing seemingly by complete chance to men walking by the Nile at night, especially men who are walking in a pair. The creep, Right? She's Why? like, I don't know, twofer? Two for her. <laughs> and she's like, ah, I got two for the price of one. Um, <laughs> the creature will call one of the men by his first name, which has the effects of rendering him speechless, hypnotizing him, and forcing him to then be completely obedient to the commands of her voice. Meanwhile, the other man will often, like, remain unaffected and may attempt to pull his companion back. 
the creature. Oh, so she likes the game. Maybe, yeah. Oh, I like that take. Yeah. The creature then calls in a soft, sleepy, hypnotic voice until the second, unaffected man at last succeeds in reviving his companion from the trance. The two men then run away as fast as they can, still hearing the persistent echoes of her voice. Usually, the men do not get close enough to the Nile to get a glimpse of what the creature, like, truly looks like before they book it. But <laughs> in rare instances, they do catch sight of her. And in these tellings, she is described as being a very beautiful, uh, pallid, like, glowy female. Tall, slender, with long, flowing hair down her back. She stands very near to the banks of the river, with her hands placed at her sides, and is wearing a loose, semi-transparent dress. Okay. So she probably just made these guys horny, I don't know. This is probably just a <laughs> random lady out fishing, and she's, yeah, just, she's like, just like, in her what? nightgown. And they're just like, oh my god, I saw a siren. <laughs> she's got such a nice voice, <laughs> and she's literally just like, what? Stop <laughs> looking at me. <laughs> like, yeah. In many instances, she is described as having a semi-transparent body as well, and that would be more alarming. Yeah, so... <laughs> and is possibly a jinn, genie. Her voice is calm and gentle, but loud, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. In rural Egypt, uh, the creature may call for men who live in homes by the shores of the Nile, and these men will then eagerly attempt to leave their homes to answer her call. In uh, yet other tales, the affected man will not immediately try to follow her voice, but will rather enter a disturbed, distracted state for a few nights before eventually departing late one night further on. Okay. Some people in rural Egypt believe that a man who is called for by El Nadaha is doomed, and that curing him of this curse is impossible. While not a single instance has been recorded where a man is, like, seen to be devoured by her, many older local citizens believe that she does indeed consume her victims, or she fiercely pulls them into the Nile, drowning them. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of a siren thing. It doesn't make thing. sense for nothing to happen. Yeah, like, <laughs> well, She briefly know. attracts them, but then they run away and it's done. And she's like, why the do they keep isn't running? Isn't she scary? <laughs> you, right? She's just like, I, man, every time I try to get a date. Yeah. It'd be hard to get a date human. as a siren because everyone would be like, you're going to drown me, aren't you? And yeah. She's just like, no, I just, no. I live in the water. This is a misconception and <laughs> a very offensive stereotype. I just, <laughs> I can't leave the water, okay? <laughs> just come in. I'm not going to drown you. We're floaties. God, fuck. <laughs> so the next one. The god Shedsmu and the heads in the wine. Ew. Are you sure you don't want some heads in your wine, Andrew? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I see a <laughs> twinkle of a... Uh... Okay, well, I'll try it once. Okay, okay. good. Shedsmu's happy. <laughs> I, I can't speak for him, but I feel it. So, Shedsmu <laughs> is an ancient Egyptian deity with a contradictory character. He was worshipped during the early Old Kingdom period. Uh, Shesmu was seldom depicted, but when he was, he appeared as a man with a lion's head holding a butcher's knife. Perfect. Lions and knives. Best combo. Yeah, it's, they're not already scary enough. Right? Like, they what if a lion came at you with a knife? Not with <laughs> what are the you going to do like, that you can't do with your teeth? What about a lion with a knife in one hand and a gun in the other? Oh my god. <laughs> well, that would what? just, you'd just be screwed. <laughs> So, in later times, he appeared mainly as just a lion, right, without a knife. Okay. If only his name was mentioned, it often appeared with the determinative of an oil press, but sometimes only the oil press was depicted. 
scary. Mm, yeah, he does with that oil press. So <laughs> now, on the one hand, Chesme was the, quote, Lord of Perfume, maker of all precious oil, Lord of the Oil Press, Lord of Ointments, and Lord of Wine. Wow. Actually, he sounds like my favorite. Lotion yeah. and wine. I just like... Lotion and wine. I can't live without lotion. Or wine, apparently. Or wine. That was such a, like, wine mom joke. I hate that. I take that it back. That was terrible. I'm, I'm reeling that one back in and <laughs> tossing it. So he was a celebration deity, like, considered to be based off the, you know, wine and perfume. Similar to the goddess Meret. Um, old kingdom texts even mention a special feast celebrated for Shesmu in which young men would press grapes with their feet and then dance and sing for the god. I don't like that. I don't like feet grapes either. Well, that's just how it's done. I don't like it. That's how wine is made. I don't want foot wine. Gross. You'd be surprised to hear that there are some traditional wines that still do it that way. I know, and it's gross. I mean, it's fermented after. It's fine. It's fine. I just hope they do check the, like, wine foot people, which is their official title for, like, fungi. Yeah, or warts or something. But, on the (laughs) other hand, Shesmu was also depicted as being very vindictive and bloodthirsty. He was also referred to, in contrast to the maker of precious oil, as the, quote, Lord of Blood, Great Slaughterer of the Gods, and He Who Dismembers Bodies. Uh. (laughs) So, he didn't... Maybe this was him when he was sober. In old... <laughs> he's really grumpy. Yeah, he's just like, oh, okay, that's it. I have no Hung more wine, him. so I'm just going to dismember some stuff. <laughs> so, in Old Kingdom Pyramid texts, several prayers ask Shesmu to dismember and cook certain deities in an attempt to give uh, the food resulting to a deceased king. The deceased king needed the divine powers of this to survive the dangerous journey to the stars. So there is reference to that. However, many interpretations remain somewhat open insofar as I could tell. Reports conflict over whether the meaning of the word blood is to be taken literally as the ancient Egyptians symbolically offered red wine as the blood of the gods to several deities, right? So that seems more open. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in any case, though, the violent side of Shesmu made him a formidable protector. For instance, he protected the god Ra... By threatening demons and brawling with them. <laughs> I love him. I I know, he's kind of you. Are you hey. Shesmu kin? Maybe. I think so. You don't know. Can't believe this. I'm kin assigning you, Shesmu. You can't prove anything. I. That's true. <laughs> this is all very difficult to prove. In the pyramid texts, he uh, does similar things, right? It appears that, starting with the new kingdom, Shesmu's negative attributes became, like, gradually overshadowed by his positive ones. Although... On a 21st Dynasty papyri, his wine press appears to be filled with human heads in place (laughs) of grapes. So he got back into oil making, but started doing other things. I think he just went a little nutty. I think... Like, and he I just like couldn't give up certain hobbies. <laughs> yeah, he, he's had some, some, he wanted to be a good guy, but then he was like, okay, but there's one thing I can't give up, and that's this. And he's like, grapes are the same shape as human heads. Hey. <laughs> he's like, ah. Ah. You can ferment kind of anything. Wine. Yeah. <laughs> so, which, and this was a depiction which was common earlier uh, on the Middle Kingdom coffin texts. Cool. And some people... Uh, various scholars and such have, and articles, have interpreted these specific depictions to indicate that the wine Shesmu offered in the underworld 
was actually made from the juices of pressed human heads. Eh, so he I mean, put them in a press um, alive, like a soul in the underworld, but they were conscious for this. Mm-hmm. Pressed it into wine. Gross. I don't think I would drink it, but I don't know. <laughs> Not sure. I can't. I, I don't know. It sounds like, I mean, if there's a depiction of the human head still in the wine after it's been pressed... Mm-hmm. Then that's not very good pressing. And I'm thinking there might be hair in there. Yeah. Pulpy. Oh. (laughs) Do you want your wine with or without pulp? (laughs) Um, With grapes, please, (laughs) is the correct response. But you know what? You know, Chesmu is a god, I guess, you know. He can do do what he wants. He's going to do. Yeah, that's just kind of what what they they do. All right, so last little short one, although I have a, like a special mention later. So, okay. the Pharaoh's wandering ghost. Ooh. Yeah. So, the ghost of the Egyptian Pharaoh Akhenaten, who ruled during the 18th dynasty of the New Kingdom period of ancient Egypt, is said to wander the Farafra Desert, which is also known as the White Desert of Egypt. This spirit has been reported by dozens of tourists and, like, uh, nomadic people, uh, wanderers, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Legend states that this is because Akhenaten abolished the Egyptian gods when he became pharaoh, which angered their followers, obviously, as well as the priests of Egypt at the time. Upon Akhenaten's death, the priests are believed to have cursed him to wander the deserts forever as punishment. That's a mean punishment. Yeah, it's kind of a dick move, hey? Yeah, I mean, forever? Yeah, and I'm not sure, like, how do you abolish, like, I'm not sure exactly what he abolished, like, which gods and, like, which pantheon, right? and how do you abolish them anyway? (laughs) Yeah, they're gods. I mean, you can't just be like, you're abolished now. No more. Go away. None of this. Although I guess, like. This little human shouting at a god. That's Christ- ancient Christians, right? Like, did that to all the pagan gods. They're like, nope. Shoe with you. Away with you. <laughs> shoe with you. <laughs> shoe, shoe, ancient pagan deities. And the ancient <laughs> pagan deities are like, okay. But we're still here, though. <laughs> I mean, like, that's cool. But uh, you stole our tradition of Christmas trees. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, so there was a special mention. Okay, so I read about another ancient Egyptian god, and I just wanted to kind of mention him. Um, Bobby, spelt B-A-B-I, not B-O-B-B-Y. Uh, yeah. Bobby, not Bobby. Dang it, Bobby. <laughs> but, like, yeah, no, and he was, a like, a baboon god who would, like, um, fairy, um, spirits in the underworld, I believe, and he had a giant, giant penis that served as the, uh, like the, the uh the steer the of the boat or the oh, okay. the the mast the yeah. mast of the boat yeah and he was like known to be okay so he lived off human entrails and was known to murder on sight but he's supposed to ferry them not murder them yes and he was not good always at good at that okay. um <laughs> yeah i so mean we've all done jobs mention. we're not good at so that's true and i think he was just kind of a wild card and he did look he was like um he was depicted as, like, a baboon, right? Because yeah. baboons are terrifyingly aggressive and have large dicks, apparently. I don't I'm know. I'm not a fan of baboons. They're omnivorous, too, which scares me. A monkey that eats meat besides humans. Wait, we're oh, scary. Yeah. Well, chimpanzees eat meat and stuff like that. Like, Yeah, baboons are... A lot of them are omnivorous, apparently. I know. I've watched them eat other monkeys. Uh... Like, different... 
species, but it's like the, and not in person. The Hannibal of it's just in monkeys. a video. <laughs> oh yeah, I was like in person. I just sat there and I was like, "Hey, I'm not gonna intervene in this." Yeah, <laughs> this is between the the apes. Um, so yeah, so that was my special mention, and that is Egypt. What I found. We like Egypt. This is why we. Just well, that was ancient Egypt. Yeah. Okay. Well, mine wasn't. No. I really like the, um, you know, places like Egypt and Africa with all of the, like, where you actually get some really interesting lore. and Yeah, that we don't get to hear about because we only get to hear about the States, as per usual. Yes. Yeah. And the States isn't that old. Not uh, no. old enough. It's I not mean, we get enough. lore from where we migrated from, but that's not the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there is, like, a lot of interesting um, indigenous lore, but it's hard to track down exactly where... Specifically because, as it turns out, there are a lot of indigenous groups in North America, not yeah. just the whole one. Yeah, um, not just one. <laughs> yeah, there were many. And, like, it's it's hard to we pin down. Do it's hard to pin though. down. We should, actually. Yeah. Like, find specific groups that don't get reported on as much because, yeah. you know, their cultures were stolen and destroyed. Yeah, we and, can look yeah. into that. Yeah, we but should You're going to have to start doing Christmas stuff soon, though. Christmas stuff is coming up, and that's terrifying. Yay, right Christmas. I do like Christmas a lot. My store that I work at plays Christmas music endlessly, which I actually yeah. I'm fine with. I'm I'm down with that. We just need to swap out our CDs because they're the same six oh. CDs that they rotate. Yeah, to. you should definitely get new new stuff. Yeah, I'm thinking of bringing in some of mine, and I know that uh, the owner is going to bring in more of hers, and it'll be fun. <gasps> you it'll should be bring good. in Nana Muscuri. I was thinking about that. She's really good, so I'm so going to do that. Yeah, everybody listen to Nana Muscuri this Christmas. Yeah, it's she's. Just, it's, it's just. <laughs> Ma'at would approve of anonymous story <laughs> music. It is lighter it's than a feather. It's just so Christmas and so, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess because I listened to it when I was a kid, so it's memories, but. Well, and I, we don't have beautiful. Carol of the Bells on any of the CDs. I noticed that. We don't have Carol of the Bells. And that is my favorite I Christmas song, so. I can burn you a CD. Anyway. We well, can that be... was very, like, 2001 I was just like, wait, I'm not but... sure I can. Uh, yeah. Because they don't, don't have they... CD-ROM drives anymore. I My old laptop does, though. You can uh, burn me a USB. I can actually burn them on my old laptop. Okay. But, okay. I know. Thank you. Because the CD player that they brought in is ancient and will not take a USB because it, yeah. it wants the it – it's hungry for those CDs. It's <laughs> just like, mm, feed me. Feed me, Seymour. Christmas so, CDs. Tell us your Christmas creepy stuff. Yeah, email us at yeah. two scared siblings at gmail.com with your own terrifying uh, God stories and also uh, Twitter Christmas. Us. Twitter us. At two scared sibs. And at Andrea Noel3. Is her personal. Mine is at toy carousels. And that's it. Yeah, uh, sign up for our Patreon. $1 tier, $5 tier. Check yeah. it out. Andrea's okay. changing the tiers soon. It'll be great. Yes. All right. So, we love you, and therefore, you're getting a smooch. Mwah. Mm-hmm. Sleep well.